Now we are going to talk about what is happening at the Federal Communications Commission 16 months after President Biden nominated Gigi Sohn to serve as commissioner of the FCC. She asked him to withdraw her nomination. In a statement, she wrote, quote, when I accepted this nomination over 16 months ago, I could not have imagined that legions of cable and media industry lobbyists, their bought and paid for surrogates and dark money political groups with bottomless pockets would distort my over 30 year history as a consumer advocate into an absurd caricature of blatant lies. I hope the president swiftly nominates an individual who puts the American people first over all other interests. The country deserves nothing less, end quote. The American Prospect reports that AT&T, Comcast, Verizon, and T-Mobile doled out over $23 million lobbying Washington this year, according to data from Open Secrets. I'm sorry, that was last year. Disclosures indicate that a bulk of that money directly targeted Gigi Sohn's appointment and the key Democratic swing votes needed to get her through the Senate. Gigi Sohn's withdrawal means that the FCC is still deadlocked with two Democratic commissioners and two Republican commissioners. Gigi Sohn's nomination would have given Democrats the opportunity to pass policies that would support broadband access and affordability and net neutrality. An industry lobbyist who's represented several of the largest telecom firms at the center of the campaign against her told the American Prospect it is far better for industry to have a tied commission, really, no matter who it is. Joining us to talk about all of this are two guests. Yosef Getacho is director of the Media and Democracy Program at Common Cause, an organization that serves as the people's lobby. Yosef works uh, on broadband privacy, broadband access and affordability, and other consumer issues. Hi, Yosef. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Great to have you. Craig Aaron is president of Free Press, an organization that works to change the media to transform democracy to realize a just society. Craig Aaron has led major campaigns to safeguard net neutrality, stop media consolidation, oppose unchecked surveillance, and sustain quality journalism. Craig is the editor of two books, including Changing Media, Public Interest Policies for the Digital Age. Hi, Craig. Thank you so much for joining us again. Oh, great to be back, Rose. Thanks for having me. Great to have you, Craig. So you just wrote a piece about what went down, and one of the lines in your piece is directly connected to what that industry lobbyist told the American Prospect. You write, at a moment when media and tech are intertwined with every facet of our lives, our politics, and the very state of our democracy, this vital agency cannot fully do its job, which is just how the industry wants it. Yeah, that's unfortunately uh, the reality of what we're facing is, you know, very powerful industries, very influential industries who spend, as you noted, millions and millions of dollars every year to lobby in Washington, orchestrated a campaign to keep Gigi Sohn off the Federal Communications Commission. Uh, They spread a lot of money around to various right wing groups, other industry groups, uh, and urge them to oppose Gigi Sohn because they are not interested in ha- having a federal communications commission that can actually hold them accountable. Um, the the thing, the sort of unbelievable part of the story, though, is that it worked, and frankly, it was as easy as it was uh, that for them to uh, spread lies, spend a lot of money, and keep the uh, Biden administration from appointing an independent regulator 
uh, who could actually hold them accountable and advance an agenda that ensures we get broadband for everybody and we have more media diversity and all the other things that the Federal Communications Commission should do, um, but unfortunately, a lot of which they're unable to do uh, while it's a, a deadlocked agency. And if you're AT&T, if you're Comcast, if you're Fox, uh, you'd much rather have uh, you know a watchdog uh, with its hands tied behind its back uh, mm -hmm. than you would uh, then you would have somebody there with a long record of public service. And they successfully, unfortunately, launched this smear campaign uh, and she was unable to get the vote she needed uh, or guarantee the vote she needed to move forward. Uh, and so now here we are well into the Biden administration, uh, you know, uh, uh, all the way well over halfway through the administration. And uh, there is still no Democratic majority at the Federal Communications Commission. Yosef, so we heard the comment from this industry lobbyist saying that it's better for industry to have a tide commission. And then I just ran across these comments from Preston Patton, who's former president of the ABC TV network, a founding executive of the Fox Broadcasting Company as head of government relations for News Corps and Fox, who's worked very closely with Rupert Murdoch. And here's what Preston Patton said. I fear that this esteemed committee, like Ms. Sohn, is in danger of falling victim to the worst and most cynical and baseless smear campaign ever waged against a nominee to serve on the FCC. Ms. Sohn's only sin is that she roots for the underdog and for consumers. That's pretty incredible coming from a guy who used to work with Rupert Murdoch. Yeah, uh, it actually just shows that Gigi had support uh, not only across the political spectrum, but from industry actors as well, because that was her way of working with others. She always reached across the aisle. She always tried to find consensus and she was always sound in her policy. And that's what she would have brought to the commission, which is even more ironic given the fact that industry spent so much in trying to derail her nomination. And just to pick up where Craig left off, the, the smear campaign was a pure disinformation playbook. The strategy was let's flood the zone with as much dishonest and false information about Gigi to discredit her record and her character, all in an effort to cast doubt on her credibility, uh, on her um, position she's taken over the years and the support that she's gotten. And for 16 months, that's what industry was able to do. They were able to spread lies. They were able to fund dark money groups to push false narratives about her nomination, about positions she's taken, and basically make up stuff. Um, and this is um, where Preston's points come into play, where we, we've taken her nomination and the process into a very extreme direction in terms of the opposition that was built around her. It wasn't built on um, actual policy positions she's taken, but pure lies. Um, and unfortunately, those lies worked in an effort to get her to withdraw, which is a really, really concerning thing, given the fact that, uh, as Craig mentioned, we still don't have that fifth commissioner, and we are looking to the White House to quickly nominate someone, and we certainly don't want the next person that gets nominated to be attacked or get uh, discredited in this way if they also come from uh, the public interest community. Craig, before we go to break in just a couple of minutes, and we'll talk more about this after the break, 
What were these companies so afraid of? Uh, we'll talk more about Gigi Sohn, but she is a lawyer with more than three decades of experience in communications policy and privacy law. She her, her website says she advocates for open, affordable and democratic communications networks. So why didn't they want her to serve on the FCC? You know, I think ultimately it comes down to they just wanted to do anything they could to prevent this regulatory agency from from having power. Uh, Gigi Sohn's long record of public service really shows her to be a moderate. I mean, that's why people like Rupert Murdoch's former top lobbyist are saying, wow, this person's really well qualified with the job. I've worked with her before. But for these big companies, uh, this was an opportunity, honestly, to flex their power. And they recognized when important decisions were being made, like the Biden administration passed legislation spending $65 billion on broadband. And one of the jobs of the FCC is to write the rules for how that money is going to reach people to uh, administer a program that in- ensures subsidies for uh, low-income households to be able to access the internet. And with a majority, you know, those are going to be stronger rules. With a deadlocked 2-2 vote, they're going to be in a position to influence and weaken any rules or requirements that these companies might be facing. You know, for others, they want to make sure there's no kind of accountability. The headlines are filled with news right now about all the wrongdoing at Fox News. Uh, Fox owns a lot of television stations. They'd rather not have anyone looking at those licenses, questioning uh, whether they are operating in the public interest. With a 2-2 commission, they're pretty much guaranteed that those kinds of investigations aren't going to be launched. And you know, lastly, they really want to prevent the return of a lot of policies that were torn down during the Trump years, like net neutrality, the basic protections for the free and open Internet. With a majority on the FCC, uh, the Biden administration could pursue restoring those rules, strengthening those rules. Without that fifth vote, though, it's next to impossible. So what they found is by running this smear campaign, by throwing a wrench into the works, they could really prevent any kind of positive forward momentum. The folks at the agency are doing the best job they can. They're trying to move the programs. They're trying to move the money out the door, but it's a big difference. You know, if you want to do something hard, you need that three to two vote. Anything worth doing, any controversial issue is going to take three votes. Without someone there to offer that vote, they simply can't move forward. Craig Aaron is president of Free Press, an organization that works to change the media, to transform democracy, to realize a just society. Yosef Gedicho is director of the Media and Democracy Program at Common Cause, an organization that serves as the people's lobby. And today we're talking about why public advocate Gigi Sohn asked President Biden to withdraw her nomination to the Federal Communications Commission. She said, it's a sad day for our country and our democracy when dominant industries with assistance from unlimited dark money get to choose their regulators. This is your call. We'll be back after this. This is your call. I'm Rose Aguilar. Coming up tomorrow, we'll get the latest on the Norfolk Southern train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. In a recent New York Times op-ed, former EPA official Judith Ank asks, why has the EPA allowed the horrific situation in Ohio to continue? Then we'll get an update on the decision that could ban mifepristone, the medication abortion drug. If you have a show idea or a guest idea, you can email your call at KALW.org. And if you'd like to join today's conversation, really, it's about the importance of the FCC and what it does as a time uh, when Craig says 
media and tech are intertwined with every aspect of our lives. And because there are two Democrats and two Republican commissioners, the FCC is is deadlocked. So what questions do you have about the important work the FCC is supposed to do? If you've been following the case of Gigi Son, we'd love to hear from you. And then what are your thoughts just about your interactions with tech, with cable, the prices you pay, the quality of the service, the access. We'd love to hear from you. 866-798-8255, 866-798-8255. You can also email your call at KALW.org. Former FCC Commissioner Michael Copps tweeted, Senate treatment of this nomination has been from beginning to end sad, shoddy, and shameful. And its treatment of Miss Sohn, a despicable dereliction of duty and honor, a win for big spending special interest to be sure, but a tragic loss for the common good. Today, we're joined by Yosef Gedicho, director of the Media and Democracy Program at Common Cause. Craig Aaron is president of Free Press. I think because money controls so much in this country, it's important to really drill down on all of this. So let's spend a a little bit more time on this. The American Prospect reports that leading the lobbying onslaught with $7.4 million uh, was Comcast paid former Democratic Majority Leader Tom Daschle. Uh, They gave $30,000 to the firm to lobby on issues including, quote, status of FCC nomination. Will Sohn remain the only outstanding nominee? Comcast also kept Larry Puccio, Former top aide to Senator Joe Manchin on its payroll. Senator Manchin said he'd be voting against Sohn. It then tapped a former Arizona state lawmaker close to Senator Kirsten Sinema to lobby on FCC nominations. Uh, the list just goes on and on. But I think this is really important, Craig, just to let people know that these companies we interact with on a daily basis have so much power. What else really stood out for you when you followed the money? Well, it's just, you know, the scary thing is just how much money they're spending and these dark money groups that have popped up to oppose nominees with really no accountability. So the New Yorker, uh, Jane Merritt, the New Yorker, wrote a big article on this American Accountability Foundation, an Orwellian name if there ever was one, which was a group designed to smear Biden nominees, and Gigi Sohn was one of their main targets. Uh, they went after nominees with any kind of record of working for the public interest or public service. Unsurprisingly, they went after nominees who were women, people of color. Uh, you know, Gigi Sohn would have been the first uh, LGBTQ plus person uh, serving on the FCC. Uh, she became a target with some just really disgusting uh, attacks and innuendo, homophobic attacks on her nomination being put forward by groups like this. We all we also saw groups like the Fraternal Order of Police uh, essentially, you know, opening themselves up for business, then getting those AT&T and Comcast donations, turning those into attacks on Gigi Sohn over issues related to privacy and, you know, whether the police should have a backdoor access to your phone to be able to search it, things that are very unpopular, but were were used by these institutions, paid for by these companies to undermine Gigi Sohn's chances. And and so that, that is one of the big parts of this story is corporate money, 
funding front groups to attack nominees amplified by the Republican Party. You know, Ted Cruz is the new chair of the Senate Commerce Committee, and, and he was ready and on the attack uh, as soon as he took he, he, or as soon as excuse me, the ranking member of the Commerce Committee, uh, as soon as he had the opportunity to do so from the dais. And the other part of this story, Rose, unfortunately, is one of Democrats falling for it or falling for it is probably too generous. Uh, Democrats using these attacks as an excuse to not stand up for the administration's nominee to to essentially abandon her, make her jump through these incredible hoops uh, while themselves, you know, uh, taking taking donations from these companies, uh, ultimately doing their bidding. And, and that's, you know, one of the unfortunate realities we're facing in Washington right now is we didn't see a lot of political courage. We didn't see folks stepping forward uh, to push for someone with a strong track record, willing to make good policy. Uh, We saw endless delays, endless excuses. uh, And if you're the industry, you're looking at this today and saying, wow, that worked. Let's Mm -hmm. keep going. What other nominees can we attack? How else can we slow down the agenda of this administration? That's the lesson they're taking away. Uh, And it's one that, you know, really worries me because the last thing we need at an important agency like the Federal Communications Commission is a nominee who is beholden to industry. That has been the story of the Federal Communications Commission for decades. Uh, Too many people put in these jobs whose only real loyalty and ties are to the industries they're supposed to regulate. Gigi Sohn really represented a break with that history, though there are other examples like Michael Copps, who you just quoted, who have served so ably in those roles. Uh, unfortunately, you know, we lost an opportunity here for someone really in that with that legacy to continue. Uh, and now it's a moment where we do have to pressure, as Yosef suggests, this administration not to, uh, you know, just fold again to the wishes of these industries, but put somebody in this job who's actually willing to hold these companies accountable. To stick with the the money for another minute, the Chamber of Commerce also opposed Gigi Sohn's nomination. According to More Perfect Union, they received eight hundred and fifty thousand from Comcast in twenty twenty and one hundred and seventy thousand from AT and T in twenty twenty one. Yosef, is there anything else you would like to add uh, when you look at who actually funded the campaign against Gigi Sohn? Sure. Uh, to back up for a second. Money and politics and money influencing uh, our politics is unfortunately nothing new in our democracy. Uh, there has been a long track record of companies spending millions or billions to uh, influence legislation, to influence regulation, uh, and obviously to influence the nominations process. In the uh, re- FCC-regulated space, uh, we actually found uh, last Congress that ISP spent more than $234 million on lobbying in the 116th Congress. Uh, they lobbied heavily on legislation that would have improved or closed the digital divide. And we know that they have a financial incentive in somewhat maintaining the digital divide uh, when it comes to promoting policies that would improve competition, uh, improve quality of service, uh, improve other metrics that would give communities uh, a better broadband service experience. Uh, so the more concerning thing uh, with the process of Gigi's nomination was how they used dark money groups to derail her nomination, how they funded various organizations that spread lies uh, about her credibility. Uh, Craig mentioned the Fraternal Order of Police. That organization spread lies about how Gigi is, quote-unquote, uh, 
anti-police based on one or two tweets that she liked uh, regarding the the harms of police brutality. Uh, That group spread lies about her positions on pro encryption, given the fact that she was a board member of an organization that supported encryption. The biggest takeaway is that those issues, policing, encryption, have nothing to do with what the federal communications regulates or does on a day-to-day basis. So as Craig mentioned, industry is looking at this and saying, hey, we can fund these groups to spread these lies, to misrepresent a nominee's character and record, and it works. We can do it again. And it's incredibly troubling given where we are, uh, not just with uh, the deadlocked FCC, but the broader way that money in politics is influencing uh, so much in our democracy. And I, I recommend if you have time or make some time, really, there's a new piece over at ProPublica called Inside the Private and Confidential Conservative Group that promises to, quote, crush liberal dominance. Leonard Leo, a key architect of the Supreme Court's conservative majority, supermajority, is chair of the Teneo Network, a group that aims to influence all aspects of American politics and culture. And we'll do a show about that soon. Can we spend some time just talking about the digital divide and and what really i mean this has been there for so long but during covid there were stories about families that had to go park in restaurant parking lots to get internet access for their children a lot of families did not even have the computers you know let alone the wi-fi so can we talk about this where are we when it comes to the digital divide, Yosef, and what did Gigi Sohn want to do to really address this crisis? Sure. So we are currently living in a society where millions of households across the country either lack access to broadband or unfortunately can't afford it because it's too expensive or may not necessarily have the tools or experience to effectively use the Internet. The Biden administration and Congress actually understands that this is a huge issue, that the digital divide is something that must be tackled in this country. And last Congress, they passed the infrastructure bill, which included $65 billion for broadband investments. Much of that money is going to build out networks. It's going to uh, support affordability programs to make sure that households can afford the Internet. And it's going towards trainings and other types of initiatives to make sure that communities can effectively get online once they have access to it. That being said, the FCC still plays an incredibly important role in uh, helping shape how this money is efficiently spent. Um, One aspect is the maps. Uh, The FCC right now is in charge of developing maps that identify who has broadband and who doesn't have broadband. Uh, The mapping process is incredibly important because it will help inform where the money is going. Uh, Gigi's voice would have been incredibly powerful here, given her relationships with states, uh, state governments, uh, state advocates, who uh, have a lot to say about who does and doesn't have broadband because they're much closer on the ground and can help the FCC uh, really make sure that the maps are in a in a great place. Uh, when it comes to other rules and regulations, the FCC is actually now in the process of adopting rules that would prohib- prohibit digital discrimination. Uh, you mentioned uh, earlier that there are families and, and, and kids who are relying on parking lot Wi-Fi. Uh, some of that is because of discriminatory practices. Uh, right now, uh, there's a long history of some ISPs deploying in some neighborhoods with quality broadband and leaving low-income neighborhoods with uh, 
no broadband or poor broadband uh, based on, on uh, where they live. And oftentimes uh, these, these are disproportionately communities of color. Uh, the commission right now is supposed to be putting out rules that pro- prohibits these types of practices. Uh, with a deadlocked FCC, these rules are not going to be as strong or robust as they can be. And Gigi's voice, again, would have been great here to make sure that the public is really heard and that the communities that are most impacted by discriminatory practices are heard through this rulemaking. Mm -hmm. So these are just a couple of the issues that are impacted right now when it comes to the closing digital divide and why we need uh, a fifth commissioner so the FCC can fully address these issues. Craig, what would you like to add? Well, I think, you know, the, the role of the FCC here is is so important. I mean, really one of the signature accomplishments of the Biden administration was this investment in broadband uh, as part of a part of the Recovery Act, the bipartisan infrastructure bill. We're talking about spending $65 billion on broadband, uh, you know, 14 or $15 billion on uh, affordability. So the biggest investment in making broadband more affordable and we're already seeing, you know, through the pandemic and in this period, uh, our data suggests that we're, we are seeing an impact made on closing the digital divide. People are getting access to this essential service who did not have it for before. They're able to maintain access, actually, you know, offer connectivity for their families, for their children. So they don't have to go, you know, sit in the McDonald's or the Taco Bell parking lot, hoping to get a little bit of a Wi-Fi signal. Uh, we've seen real progress uh, in a short amount of time, but that can only continue if we have strong rules and regulations, protections, making sure that these very powerful companies are actually using this money in ways that it gets to those who need it the most. That's one of the jobs of the Federal Communications Commission. Moreover, one of their jobs is to you know, really create the rules of the road for the entire internet. And during the Trump administration, uh, they tore down that edifice. They they got rid of the net neutrality protections that millions and millions of people fought so hard for during the Obama administration to get strong rules into place. Those were destroyed during the Trump years. And an FCC can put them back in place. And we now know more than ever that we need them uh, because we're no longer debating whether Internet service is essential. We're no longer debating whether it's a utility. It's commonly understood everywhere you go just how important that internet connection is, you know, right up there, uh, you know, maybe not with, uh, you know, clean air and water, but it's certainly there with hot water, right? Like you need it in your life. If you're going to be a productive member of society, if you're going to be able to, you know, go to school, find jobs, do all the things. This is when I talk about it being intertwined with our lives. It is, is very much truly our daily lives, our ability to access services, find employment, get an education, and the FCC is this, you know, somewhat hidden agency that has a big influence on whether that's going to be affordable, uh, whether people are going to be gouged or ripped off by these companies, uh, and whether service is even going to be available where they live and whether they're going to be competitors to keep those prices down. So there's a big task here to make sure we can continue this progress. We can't do that without a fully functioning agency. These are powerful companies. They need to be held accountable. Uh, We can't just do that with our, we don't have enough choices. We can't just walk away and stop doing business them. We need rules and regulations in place. And the history of the FCC, the story of the FCC is that we're going to have rules no matter what. The only question really is who are those rules going to benefit? 
for decades, by and large, those rules have benefited these big, powerful companies the FCC is supposed to be watching. And we're at one of these critical junctures where the FCC has an opportunity to actually hold these companies accountable. The companies know it, so they're fighting back to prevent that from happening, but it only makes it more important that we fill this role and we fill it with someone who has a clearly demonstrated commitment to the public interest, a clearly demonstrated commitment to serving communities of color and other underserved communities, and someone who's shown that they will actually go out and engage and work with the public, not just these lobbyists uh, who have done so much uh, to cause problems uh, at the FCC and raise your monthly bills along the way. So that's that. That's what we're hoping to see from the administration and why it's so important that despite this setback, despite Gigi so not uh, getting this job, um, that this is not the time to, you know, fold up shop uh, and allow the industry to continue to decide what happens at this essential agency. Right. And it's important to point out that Gigi Sohn supports a community's right to build their own networks. Uh, people in rural communities often cannot get access to high-speed internet because these private companies don't want to spend the money to invest in the infrastructure. And they have actually fought laws to stop communities from building their own networks, which, which this is so important, That's Yosef, right. because as Craig says, we don't have many options. I mean, where I am, it's what I, Comcast, which is owns Xfinity, right? And right. you just right. you don't have many options, and the bill goes up, the 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 service slows down, and you just feel powerless. Right. Uh, the lack of choices is a huge issue in our broadband market. Most communities, most consumers have one or two choices at best. And then, as you mentioned, there are uh, communities that uh, live in certain areas where the municipality says, OK, Comcast or some other provider, if you're not going to build out, if you're not going to invest, we will do the work of building our own network and make it a community owned network. Uh, these are incredibly important, and we have so many success stories when it comes to the importance of municipal broadband. But the FCC plays a role here. Uh, it plays a role in making sure that uh, competition is one of the pillars of uh, our broadband ecosystem, that they can enact policies that open up markets, that make sure that smaller providers, uh, mid-sized providers, have an opportunity to deploy networks to access infrastructure. Uh, so it's not just one provider um, providing service to a community. We have an email from a listener who writes, can Biden ask to continue her nomination and push back to gain support now that the public is aware of the campaign against her? What can public supporters do to help? Craig, do you want to take that first? Sure. Uh, I mean, Gigi Stone is not going to be on the FCC. She <laughs> fought a really good fight. She took almost two years out of her life to go through this, frankly, hellacious process. And, you know, it's not going to be the opportunity this time. It's just not there. Right now, meetings are happening all over Washington, D.C., at the White House, in Congress, uh, where lists are being made and nominees are being bandied about. And so this is the time, I would say, if you started paying attention because of what happened to Gigi Sohn, don't stop. Uh, Keep paying attention Groups like Mind Free Press, Common Cause, where Yosef works, will be alerting you when that, when these nominees emerge or when candidates emerge. This is a crucial moment where industry, they're already sending letters to every chief of staff in the Senate saying, here, here, here are the picks we like. Uh, that's not who should have this job. So, um, you know, we're going to be working uh, through, through the work that we do every day to try to put forward, uh, you know, progressive, forward-looking candidates, people who will 
you know, carry out the agenda and carry forward the kind of work Gigi would do. Uh, if someone gets nominated who doesn't fit that bill, uh, we're going to be sounding the alarm that they shouldn't have this job. If a good, strong public interest candidate is put forward who meets the kind of qualifications that we've called for, uh, then we're going to be pushing for the Senate to move as quickly as possible to get someone in place. We need this agency to be fully functional. We need to support the leadership of Chairwoman Rosenworcel, who leads the FCC in carrying out this fundamental broadband agenda. And the next few weeks, the next month, are going to be crucial in that regard. And once Congress starts having hearings, starts really vetting a candidate, that's going to be a really key moment for everyone to weigh in with your senators, the Senate is the one who gets to approve these candidates, with California senators to say, this is a good candidate or this is a bad candidate, and urge them to step forward and support. Uh, the Democrats still have a majority in the United States Senate. They should be able to move forward a nominee, no matter what the industry does, no matter what Ted Cruz thinks. Um, but it's going to require people calling on them to do so uh, and making sure that somebody good gets into this job and actually does the people's bidding, uh, not just what Comcast, Fox, and AT&T want. Yosef, what would you add? Yeah, I would just add that it's really important to highlight that industry should not be able to choose their regulator uh, when it comes to this nominee. And in the interim, as everyone is trying to find the next uh, candidate to uh, get appointed, it's really important that we stress urgency, the clock, is ticking in the Biden administration and, and the ability of this FCC to get a lot of these reforms out the door and uh, to communities. So we want the White House to move quickly in uh, nominating uh, another person to serve on the commission. So we, we at Common Cause have put out petitions now um, urging our members and supporters to tell the White House to move quickly and to make sure that the White House is prioritizing a a uh, person that comes from the public interest and isn't just necessarily uh, uh, someone that represents the corporate interest. Uh, we're really concerned that uh, with what happened with Gigi, it sets a really bad precedent for future uh, nominees that are from the public interest community that would want to serve in government. And that's the message that we want to send to the White House now. In our final minute, Craig, because a lot of people have really not been following this. Can you just give us a little bit more information about what went on behind the scenes with the Democrats? You write that neither the White House nor Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer succeeded in getting the votes she needed. You also write that a number of Democratic senators, Cortez Masto, Kelly, Rosen, and Tester, all failed to publicly support Sohn, with only Senators Markey and Baldwin coming to her defense. Yeah, I think this was a real failure by Democratic leadership. I can't sugarcoat it. Uh, they waited too long on this nomination. Uh, when you're elected president, you need to move as quickly as possible to get your people in place. They waited till very late in 2021 at a time they were completely tied up in, in negotiations over the infrastructure bill, and they didn't have the political capital then to move through for the nomination. They forced Gigi Sohn to go through three different confirmation hearings, and that just allowed industry and the Republicans to continue to tear at her and and put and scrutinize her in, in ways that were you know unfair and frankly ridiculous. And then when it came down to it, even after the midterm election votes, Democratic senators didn't step forward and do the right thing. And they claimed you know, behind closed doors, most of them didn't come in public, that they were, you know, concerned about things that were being raised by groups, frankly, disreputable groups, like the Fraternal Order of Police uh, about her nomination and, and wouldn't come out and publicly support it. 
in a closely divided Senate without that express support, it was impossible for the nomination to move forward. So both Nevada senators didn't do their job here. Senator Tester, who's up for re-election, did vote for Gigi once in committee, but would not publicly state his commitment to do so in the new Congress. And so she is no longer the nominee. And so the Democrats do have to own their part of this. And I think in particular, we have reasons to be concerned because these kinds of shady, underhanded campaigns, our elected leaders need to know what's going on. They need to understand the games that are being played. That should be our expectation that they actually reject these kind of tactics. Let industry know they're not going to stand by and watch their nominees be torn down and have their families face homophobic attacks and all the things that Gigi Sohn, unfortunately, had to endure. So while there's a lot of blame to go around, it starts with industry. This was carried out, this campaign, by a lot of Republicans. The Democrats must own their piece, and it, and, and they are responsible. They have the majority here. And they failed. They failed here to stand up for a nominee who would have done an incredible job at this agency. And that's not something people should forget. Craig Aaron is president of Free Press, an organization that works to change the media, to transform democracy, to realize a just society. Yosef Gedicho is director of the Media and Democracy Program at Common Cause, an organization that serves as the people's lobby. Craig and Yosef, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Rose. Really appreciate it. Thank you. And you can find links to all of the pieces we cited today and all of the follow the money information we shared at yourcallradio.org. Thank you for joining us. I'm Rose Aguilar. It's your call.